Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We begin by acknowledging the Gabi Gabi people the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast episode is being recorded today, and pay respects to their elders, past and present, and to their parents with children with disabilities. This podcast contains truth, laughter, and the occasional F-word, so it's not really suitable for children. Well, you probably won't hear quite so much swearing among the beans, you know. Well, yeah. Not suitable for children. Sometimes you just have to get your shits out. Shit, 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 shit. That's right, this is a language warning. Oh, shit. Hello, peas and beans. It's Gary Bean here. So pleased to be with you. This opportunity is something that I've been trying to describe to somebody the other day. The, uh, the opportunity I have to speak with these dads, these bean dads, and to hear their stories and to hear them describe their bean sprouts, their little pea shoots, their beloved children, just to hear the love in their voices and to appreciate their honesty and openness when we talk. And the, the closest I can come to it is that it feels like being on sacred ground, that's not an original term, but it's the closest that I can come to what it feels like. You know, am I getting too philosophical? I do that. I'm sorry if I am. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to say what a what a rich and glorious experience it is to be able to just sit and talk and uh, share these stories. Today, you'll hear a conversation I had with Dino Trenton. Dino is a dad to his pea shoot Lexi, who's nine years old. And you'll hear the love in his voice for his family, and you'll hear something of his heart as he talks. Dino has worked for about 15 years in the AV industry, the audiovisual industry in Melbourne. 
His AV hire company provides staff and equipment for staging and audio and lighting, etc., for conferences and events all around Melbourne. Whenever you go to a conference, it's a, a, a company like Dino's that has been working away, setting up all of the sound gear, all of the lighting. Now, Dino describes himself as not primarily a tech person. He's not the sound engineer. He's not primarily doing the tech, even though he can do that. His primary role is to be customer liaison and a team builder. And I think you will get why he is so good at that with those skills in dealing with people, relating to people, encouraging and uh, and uh, inspiring people. Very recently, his company have been live streaming funerals and memorial services. They do six or eight of these a week in Melbourne at present. What a what an incredible service to be providing to people at, at a time of great need, to be able to make it possible for them to take part in a ceremony, a, a funeral service, when they can't physically travel to that location and be there in person. And it seems to me, just from what little I know of Dino, to be just a perfect fit. He's able to offer this service with all the technicalities involved, but with that personal touch where he's giving giving something of great value to the people who are taking part. During this conversation, there's a couple of things I wanted to mention. Um, you'll hear Dino mention his partner, his wife Claire, quite a few times. Um, you'll hear the love in his voice when he talks about Claire. It's interesting to me that he told me after we finished recording that he had a, a note in front of him, the only note that he took into his studio for this recording, didn't prepare himself with any other notes except this one note which said, don't forget to mention Claire, which, <laughs> which is just so gorgeous because it wasn't hard for him to remember to mention Claire, let me tell you, and you'll hear that. I just think that's a lovely, lovely little um, example of the way Dino thinks and the way he feels about Claire. He also, and this was the thing that will stay with me the most from this conversation, he also talks about his role as a dad when he's at an event with Lexi, when he's at a party or on the sporting field or somewhere where there are other kids and other families, and he describes it this way. He says that he becomes Lexi. He makes sure that she participates through him. And I will let him describe that to you, but that really stuck with me, and I'm, I'm just so glad that we had this conversation. So here he is, Bean Dad, Dino Trenton. Hello, Dino. Good morning. How are you going? I'm great. Thanks for asking. So good of you to join me. And there are so many people listening right now. Uh, and th on their behalf, I thank you too. Uh, you're welcome. I was um, pleasantly surprised on just how popular this podcast is. And um, uh, yeah. I think by its success has now made me more nervous than what I was intending to be. So um, <laughs> I was... Um, look, I you're among friends, I can, I can assure you. Uh, look, and I think that's the part that kind of has made me very humbled, uh, the fact that you've asked me to join you 
today. Um, I was even chatting to, I was mentioning it even to my carers, you know, that I was doing this podcast and I didn't, I just sort of just mentioned it sort of just on the side and you should have seen it. It was like um, it was. It was like I was just about to perform on stage at a at a big <laughs> concert, and they're like, "What? You're going on that show?" And it's like, "Yes." And I go, "Is that right? Isn't yeah. that lovely?" Yeah, no. So that was. So uh, then now they can say that they knew Dino before he was famous. Oh, absolutely, and, uh, absolutely. Give him your autograph, mate. No, that's right. Sorry, but you're no. you're right. I mean, this is a bunch of look. Let's face it. We're ordinary people. Uh, none of us are superstars. We are being required to do some extraordinary things, but we we're all um, ordinary people, and uh, we're delighted to have you because your story is going to add to the tapestry. And from what little I've heard when in talking with you already, I know that uh, the peas and the beans, the green vegetables, who are listening, will will appreciate it so much. So, yeah. so having said all of that, let's do the little three step intro that everyone's used to. It sort of warms us up a little bit. And I'm going to ask you if you have a favourite piece of music that either picks you up or calms you down. Uh, well, I do love Bill Withers' "Lovely Day." Um, which is always my go-to song and when I'm feeling a little bit down or, you know, when I'm having a hard time, you know, and that always seems to pick me up and I just love that song and uh, I actually had a little listen to it five minutes before we uh, we uh, connected as well just to put me back in the mood and it's just a great song and um, it just really resonates with me, you know, with, uh, with my daughter and, you know, the... the the life that we've now been given and, you know, and it really, really makes me appreciate that I, you know, live day to day and, you know, and then you look at the things that really mean the most to you and, you know, mm. and that's the things that really matter. So. Yeah. Mm. And, and a piece of music is sometimes just magic, isn't it? It's just the way that will unlock something or stimulate a thought. So thank you. That'll go in the Spotify list for everyone Good. else. If they haven't uh, tried that one, they can as well. Thanks for that. So the second question then is, did you win any awards at school? Um, not really. I'm trying to think. My, I was, my school life was pretty lackluster, I suppose. It was, there's nothing <laughs> to, either, there's nothing that really stands out in my school. It was just a normal sort of upbringing and, um, you know, I was, I did become, you know, I think my only accolade for my schooling was, you know, being class captain in in year eleven, which was oh, right. uh, okay. which was uh, pretty much the only thing that I can kind of think of that all that know, responsibility, my, all that responsibility. But back then, it really was just to be class captain because I wanted to attend the meetings because they had biscuits in the meetings, and that was <laughs> my main that was my main sort of uh, drive. To, yeah. Um, to get well, into why else meetings. would you be captain? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I hope they so, were good biscuits. Well, they were, chocolate they were. biscuits. They were, but it taught me. I think there was a whole um, a whole campaign of our class captain, and um, I, I started a uh, a a voting campaign, and then ended up doing some posters and got right into it. So I probably should have been destined for a political career after. Um, the involvement I had with that, which no, I really, you're too really nice. enjoyed. You're too nice a guy. Yeah, exactly. Don't, don't even exactly. think it. But <laughs> it does It does go to something that I ha- I'm picking up about you, Dino, and that is that you are very good with people. People like you and trust you, and I'm quite 
I'm not surprised at all that if you started a voting campaign that they would go to you for captain. (laughs) So, so, okay. And the third question, of course, is why are you what is now called a bean? Well, I'm a bean thanks to my beautiful daughter, Lexi, uh, who is now nine years old, um, and she has quadriplegic cerebral palsy, uh, which, uh, yeah, which was, uh, which was all from uh, from birth. So uh, Lexi was uh, diagnosed uh, with having a stroke in utero um, at 37 weeks from what we was was at that stage a perfectly normal pregnancy for my wonderful partner Claire. Um, and then our lives got turned upside down, you know, in the blink of an eye. Um, yeah, yeah. I always remember that day, never forget. Well, we want to hear about all of that. I'd, before I take you back to to how uh, Lexi came into the world, can you just introduce us to her just right now? Let's, she's nine years old. Well, tell us who Lexi is, this lovely little girl. What's she like? She is an amazing young lady. Um, she has just so much charisma, so much spark, and she's just a little rock star and you know, we walk down the streets and nobody even looks at me anymore. You know, they just see, <laughs> yes. they just see Lexi and, you yes. know, it happened again on Friday when I was helping a friend down to the, one of the local cafes and they were introducing me and, but, you know, they always introduce me as Lexi's dad, you know, yes, no one knows I, who I am. You know, I know I'm that just, well, yes. Yeah, so. Um, That's a know, badge that, of honour, mate. That it is. So, you know, she's an amazing girl um, who has... You know, that every day, you know, every day is a challenge in everything that she does, you know, because of her high tone and high spasticity and, um, you know, and needs help in every way. But she's so determined and she's just so bright um, that, you know, I know that she wants to live life to the fullest. And, you know, my job is to just help her try to achieve everything that she wants to achieve. Oh, mate, I'm smiling here just picturing Thank her. You. Thank you for that. That That's the right way to start, I think, is to sort of be able to picture her a little bit, to have a sense of meeting her and the, the wonderful person that she is before we start talking about all the medical stuff, you know, and all the journey and so on. So so that's wonderful. Thank you. Well, we, we, um, we are grateful to have met Lexi in that lovely and loving little introduction uh, <laughs> as her dad. Thanks, mate. No problems. All right. So let's now, um, you, you've mentioned your partner, Claire. Um, who else is at home with you? Who's at your place? So Claire and we have another beautiful daughter, Summer, who is six years old. So it's um, Lexi's youngest sibling. Yep. And who is a reign of terror and we love her to death and she is <laughs> just an amazing little sister to Lexi and we just couldn't contemplate life without her as well so absolutely it is a great it's just a really good combination now that we have at home so it's the four of us at home yep yeah yeah and the dynamic between summer and Lexi they're good they get on they get along most of the time, you know, but, you know, there is They don't always, have to get along all the they time. They don't always either. have to get along. No, no, no. But it's, it's you know, Summer's now at that age where she's sort of old enough to now sort of start understanding a little bit more about, 
Lexi's, you know, complex needs. And, you know, it's always been that challenge with the younger sibling about why all the attention goes to Lexi most of the time. And, you know, so she's at that age now where, you know, she's, you know, tries to include, you know, she's tried to be as inclusive as possible with, with everything, but you know, at the end of the day, as well, you can't stop her from being a six-year-old as well, and she needs to have all the experiences that that she needs as a six-year-old as well. So, yeah, so that's it's an interesting dynamic now. You know, it's that part of our life that you know can be quite challenging at times as well, and um, you know, and sometimes there's those moments that you sort of stop, and you know, you, you're like why why are you doing why are you you know not letting her do what she wants to do and why are you complaining and sometimes you just want to go what happens if you, you should be thankful that you can run around and do the things that you want to do and you know and what happens if it was the other way around but they're still far too young to sort of you know understand that sort of concept yeah they're but, nine and six yeah and uh but, this is going to be their story for their lifetime too. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. We always uh, had the motto in our family that nothing is ever simple and uh, that's uh, okay to grow up that way and realise that, you know, hey, nothing is ever simple and we'll, we'll live with that. No, you know, that's we'll right. do what we can. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you for introducing us to your lovely family. Let's go back to the time that uh, Lexi came to us, you, you mentioned a stroke in utero. Yeah, so well, it all started, I, I was working. I remember it was, a, uh, it was an afternoon, three or four o'clock in the afternoon, and I was, you know, so we were 37 weeks into the pregnancy. So we were at the, uh, at the, at the um, stage where we were starting to plan everything and, you know, what, was, what we thought was just going to be a normal birth. Um, my partner, Claire, just went in for her regular appointments um, down at the hospital and, you know, she just made mention that she thought that um, Lexi was, you know, sort of not as active as what she normally was and was a little bit concerned. So they just put, the, they put uh, Claire on the, the normal monitors and, you know, sort of then they realised that the, the the heart rate was you know was was um, a little bit um, abnormal at that stage, and they they thought that there was a few concerns, and that's when I got the phone call uh, when I was at work from a from a one of the nurses saying I remember it well because pretty much the first words to come out of the nurse's mouth was you're going to have a baby today, and it was just wow. took me by surprise. It's like are you yeah. serious? Is this, yeah, yeah. is this really happening? And it's like really trying to find out why. And, you know, she was pretty calm on the phone and just said, look, you really need to come in here now. So I essentially, you know, was able to just drop everything and just jump straight in the car. And thankfully, my office is not far from the hospital. So I was able to get to the hospital pretty quickly. And that's when, you know, I met up with Claire and, and you know, she was there and on all the monitors. And then I realized that, you know, things weren't sort of going to plan and this is when everything was happening so quickly and then it was pretty much, you know, they were getting her ready to go and have an emergency caesarean. So we were pretty much, it was all happening so quickly that you didn't even really have time to sort of think. You're just going with the flow and there's that 
there's that fear going through, but there's that excitement of, you know, that there's a baby coming and it's happening right now. And um, so we were pretty much rushed straight into, yeah, emergency cesarean at that point. And, and were um, you able to be there as well for the season? Yeah, yep, I was there. And, okay. you know, so I got scrubbed up and, um, you know, got my gown put on and everything put on. So we just went straight in and it was just all so surreal on how quickly it was all happening. So, yeah, so we went in and, you know, so, you know, cesareans, is, it's, it's, it's a crazy, you know, not not being ready for it. It was it was just a, a such a surreal experience, the whole thing, and and I still remember, you know, just how calmly all the doctors are, and you know, there's the two of us, just you know, quietly freaking out, you yep. know, behind this curtain, while the uh, you know the doctors and all that are just talking normally about their day, and and then. You know, and then you know, one thing I'll always remember is the, is the smell of you know of 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 the procedure and of skin getting burnt, and you know that's one thing I can't sort of ever forget. You know, and then you know it's it's all happening. It's all happening very quickly, and and um, you know, Claire and you know, I'm just there trying to you know try to be as calm as I possibly can for Claire, and you know, while quietly you know. <laughs> quietly in my mind going what is happening right now so yeah so that and was... moments like that you know you you do your best to be calm and i'm sure you were outwardly and you and you got through it but you're on high alert aren't you your whole well, body is on alert so no oh, wonder yeah. something that you smell or see or hear in that moment is oh. going to stay with you oh absolutely and that because we had no idea what was happening either, you know, or what the situation was or how bad, you know, how bad our baby, you know, is or how healthy or unhealthy she was at that particular point. You know, we had no idea. So it was that that waiting game now and it's like, oh, is this going to, what's going to happen, what's happening, you know? So so was, what, uh, what did happen when Lexi came out? So she came out and... I'll always I'll always remember when she came out. There was that that cry. So I, I, she did cry when she came out, and okay. very very briefly, it was like literally just a, a quick whisper of a of a cry, and then and you know that moment, it was like oh, this is going to be okay. But then that was it. There was no more. She went quiet, and and it was that moment. It was like well, why has she stopped crying? You know, shouldn't she be crying more? And it's like what what I what I think is supposed to happen is now not happening, you know, and, you know, so she, you know, I, I, you know, she got delivered and, you know, so we knew straight away, they said, you've got a, you know, a baby girl and we will, you know, we were, you know, besides ourselves and just emotions and, and joy, you know, it's like a, a baby girl, but then, you know, there was that moment of hang on, this is now something's not going something's not going well, There's, this is not right, you know, and then, you know, she pretty much got um, taken away straight. She got taken to the to the table, you know, next to, next to us and I could see them working on her and, you know, I could see that she was, you know, being resuscitated and, you know, that she, she was needing assistance for air and, and oxygen and I could see them working away but, and, and that was the moment where, I'm there, you know, looking, I could see what was happening and I've got Claire, you know, next to me who's, you know, 
who you can't see what's happening. Can't now. see what's happening. Yes, you know? And yes. suddenly I'm I'm now the the important one who is the the eyes of the situation. And it's that moment of okay, just stay calm. Let's uh, you know. I remember that I I didn't tell Claire exactly what was happening because I didn't want her to be you know. I didn't want her to sort of you know be in this situation i didn't want to upset her or you know really stress her out as more than we were already stressing out so i was just there trying to be calm and just trying to reassure her everything's okay i can see her she looks beautiful you know she she's looking well she's over there and but yet then just you know waiting to see what was happening so you know so she yeah she was very flat originally and they worked on her for a good you know two or three minutes and then you know, and then finally I could see that she was breathing by herself and, you know, that was a, a huge sigh of relief when that was finally happening. So, yeah, and then I was able, then they, you know, told me if I wanted to come over and cut the umbilical cord, which was like, okay, this is good. And, you know, and I still remember they're like, oh, you want to take a photo? And it's like, I don't know. And it's like, I, do I want to be taking photos? It's like, like, are you? it's like, are you trying to you're all sort of making this feel like it's a, everything is completely fine. And so, but I still, you know, I still wanted to enjoy that moment of being, my, you know, finally becoming a father. And, and, you know, that was always the thing. It's like to cut the umbilical cord was something that I always dreamed of, you know, to do. And then, you know, I had that moment. It was like, well, I still want to enjoy that moment. So, you know, it was, was, you know, really embraced in that and, and you know, remember cutting the umbilical cord, and um, but then pretty much she got whisked away to NICU straight away. So she was within twenty minutes. I think there were, I looked back at some of the reports, and it was twenty minutes, and she was whisked away to into NICU after that. And um, and you know, and I still yeah, we chat with Claire, and you know, she still still remembers the moment that you know she's had her baby and. The baby, you know, Lexi gets whisked, you know, whisked away. Or, yeah, yeah, whisked away, and then she yeah. goes. She's in recovery for an hour without her baby by herself, all alone, not knowing what's going on. And and then I'm in NICU, you know, trying to work out what's going on. And I'm being now separated from Claire, and we've all been separated. And you know, so I'm, you know, I'm in my moment of trying to work out what's going on. And then I don't say, well, where's Claire? <laughs> Where is she in all of this? So, yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. So 
mate. I, I you know, we uh, we're in the moment as dads, aren't we? But it's it's just uh, it must be. I don't know. I'm trying to find the words without sounding patronising. You know, we're not mums, are we? And, no. And, and the experience is obviously going to be quite different for us but good on you mate for being there for holding her hand for talking to her for reassuring her for being the one on the spot because mm. uh, that was uh, that was your role at that moment that day wasn't it yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. and um because i think even um you know the things that we kind of look back on and you know essentially claire went straight to a ward and even then you know we really had to fight to get Claire to go and see her baby. So we, we ended up, um, you know, it, we finally organised that we were able to get Claire in her bed, obviously because she's just had major surgery, you know, to be able to get her wheeled out into the uh, into the NICU in her bed just so we could go and, you know, finally see Lexi. So it was a good, it was a, probably a good couple of hours before Claire was even able to see mm. her baby. And at that, you could just imagine, like, Oh, I just—it's just so hard to imagine what, what, how that feeling is, not knowing what is happening, um, and not being able to see your baby. Yeah. Well, you—you you got to be there for that as well. And uh, so, what what happened next, Dina? How did you get uh, from there into the NICU? So, we, how long was she in NICU? So, uh, so NICU, she was in NICU for two weeks. Um, so the first first two days was very critical um, and, you know, she really struggled for the first couple of days uh, in NICU and it, it, it was a good 48 hours before she finally started sort of turning a corner and started gaining a little bit more strength and was able to be sort of um, sort of taken off a few of the vital kind of pieces of equipment that was, you know, just helping her sort of breathe and, um, and just sort of being able to, you know, sort of, you know, fend for herself after that. So it was a good, you know, the first 48 hours was just, you know, really intense and for, for both of us in that time. So that was really hard and, you know. and How uh, long was it before you, you got to touch her? Or uh, It would have been probably, I think it was about five days before we were able to, you know, finally, you know, actually hold her um, and, yeah, and that day was just you know amazing. With you know, I mean, the the staff there are just incredible, you know, and they do they do everything they possibly can. But obviously, you know, the initial the initial times is you know it's just survival mode first, you know. That's so right. you've got to yeah. let them do what they need to do. So you know, we were we were very patient in allowing that, but you know, we were desperate to just you know get her out and be able to finally you know, hold her. So when that day finally come, that was, you know, it was very special for us. So, yeah, so she was in NICU for uh, two weeks all up. Um, and uh, and I, the other thing I remember vividly is just how big she was in NICU compared to oh, everybody yes. else as well because yes. most of it's all prems and, you know, there's just so many tiny little babies and, you know, to have a, to have a, a baby in there that's pretty much at term you know she just looked huge but she wasn't um compared to everybody else and that was the other thing that i'll also never forget so when when did you first get a diagnosis so we pretty much so in so we were in NICU for 
for the two weeks and then we went into um uh, the nursery section, the special care, special I think it's care. called. Yeah, yeah after right. that for another week. And so after we sort of got out of NICU, then, you know, they started doing some tests and they wanted to do an MRI uh, in that first sort of three weeks. So, you know, Lexi went straight in for an MRI. And so we knew, we. Well, I mean, there was obviously no diagnosis in the first three weeks, but we knew that there was going to be complications. So... I think we officially got diagnosis within the first six months, like I think by Christmas time. So she was born in May. By Christmas, we already had a diagnosis that, you know, that she was quadriplegic cerebral palsy at that stage. So it happened pretty quickly. So, you know, we were pretty quick to jump on knowing. But that was the other hard part when they're so young and, you know, they give you ideas of what might happen and that's the other hard part is that wait and see of where, you know, how she's going to go. And, you know, it was so broad, the description of what might happen, you know, from from um, from that. So, you know, I mean, it's was... the first thing you want to ask, isn't it? What's this going to mean? But exactly. honestly, really, who knows? Yeah. And in a way, it's almost a meaningless kind of question, really, isn't it? Oh, exactly, exactly. But, you know, but we tried to jump on the front foot as, as quickly as we could. And, you know, we were just very lucky that with our circle of friends and support, you know, we, we just had some really great people with us that, you know, try to do as much as we possibly can. And, you know, we had some, you know, some really good naturopaths and even Chinese medicine and things like that. And, you know, we were just trying to do everything possible at as you do from day one of, you know, of your of your new plan of trying, of trying to do what, what is possible. So, you know. We, and that support group of family and friends, has that, that group travel I mean it may have changed but has have you had supporters who've traveled with you the whole way so pretty far? much yeah look up you know we're likely to say you know we haven't lost many friends along the way because of our situation you know it was always it was always you know tricky when you are in this sort of situation to you know you, you probably do lose some people but we've been very like fortunate that We've kept all of our circle of friends and support along the way and and they've pretty much stayed with us for the ride and, and have always been there, so that's been really good. And you, know. you and Claire have shared the role of parenting and working and, and income or how, how has that worked? Yeah, so I think our roles were, you know, Claire was, I mean, Claire's the one that really deserves, you know, I'll, she's the one that, you know, deserves all of the credit, I think, for where we are today. You know, Claire, probably, if you're listening, you Claire, just heard that. she is a superstar and, you know, <laughs> I, there's no way, you know, I've, I've, I feel a little bit guilty being the one that being the spokesperson here, but, you know, just the role that, you know, that my wonderful partner played in this is just, you know, it's just, it's just so admirable and, and, and amazing. And Well, I'd love you know. to speak with Claire too if that happens. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, I yeah. mean, the reason, as you understand, was that we wanted to talk to dads uh, for a while too. But but uh, uh, Claire, yeah, if you are listening, we're all cheering <laughs> and, uh, you know, putting our arms around you too. That's it's it. not uh, not a competition. That's no, sure. exactly. So, so I essentially, you know, my role at the early parts was the breadwinner. You know, that was kind of my role, and you know, it's you know, Claire's a Claire's an artist. So, but prior to, you know, our plan was, you know, was um, we 
before Lexi was born, we moved to Claire's, all of her, we moved her studio to home. So we set up her studio. So the idea was that we would have a baby the first year that she could work from home and then eventually go back to her studio in the, in the CBD and life would be normal. But, um, you know, nine years on, you know, Claire is still working from home. We've set up the studio at home. So she, you know, does all her amazing artwork from there. But, you know, so, yeah, so I was essentially the breadwinner um, because, yeah, life still goes on and we still have bills to pay and we still, we still need to, we still need to put food on the table. So I was, you know, my role, you know, working in events was always difficult because, you know, events are 24, seven, seven days a week. So there's no, there's no nine to five in, in the work that I do. So, you know, I could be thrown here, there and everywhere at any particular time. So that's kind of the life that I lead. And then, you know, Claire was, you know, the one that was kind of the orchestrator of, you know, sort of starting our plans and, you know, starting with, you know, but together, you know, the first things that we did was start researching, you know, researching. So, yeah, you know, now we have to become professionals at being, you know, advocates and and for cerebral palsy. First of all, understanding what it was and, you know, and, you know, just the term cerebral palsy, as you know, is just so broad and, yes, you know, and people still ask me today, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, to find cerebral palsy, it's like, well, it's, it's so hard. It's It could be from one end of the scale to the other end of the scale. So, you know, it's really difficult for that to do. So, But you do, you're right, you, you have to become an expert in the field, don't yeah, you? And, yeah, and an it. expert particularly in Lexi's experience, yeah. which so, you are more than anybody else, the two of you. Well, that's right. So we just researched. That was all we were doing for the first, you know, six months was what's out there, what can we possibly do to give her every possible chance? And, you know, and with that's the other thing with CP is um, – there's not really many sort of options available in terms of, you know, what you want to do to to try to, you know, improve her quality of life. You know, there's, you know, so we were just looking at every possible things and, you know, so, you know, then we went, you know, all of the different types of therapies and we were doing Feldenkrais and we were doing, you know, hyperbaric chamber and we would, you know, so we... Yeah, so we we did a well. That was the other thing back then. There was no NDIS either, you know. So you know, hasn't that changed? That has changed. So back then there was all of these alternative, you know, therapies that we were looking into that seemed to be, you know, getting a lot of results. All cost a lot of money. You know, there was everything was so expensive, and it was all it was pretty much all down to your own bat if you wanted those, you know type of alternative sort of therapies to come into you really had to either you know have a big pool of money you know which we didn't have um or then you know start fundraising so we went down the fundraising uh, okay route which was um how did yeah. that go well it was pretty incredible i mean we were you know when you first start off and you know it's like oh, we can't ask people for money it's it's not we can't do that. It's not us. It's like we're too proud. You know, this is not going to. Surely we could sell a couple of things, and but it was like no. But every intensive therapy is going to cost you five to ten thousand dollars or whatever. So, um, I had a, a good friend of mine who has a charitable organisation um, called the Big Umbrella, um, which is a, a, a 
pretty much resource food um, from companies and and essentially go out and feed home feed the homeless and set up okay. sort of food trucks and things like that. It was a, a really good organization. And and he approached me and he said, "Oh, you know, we I was doing a uh, campaign called." Uh, Team 140, where if you find 140 people, you get them to donate a dollar a day. And then, you know, if you find 140 people, then suddenly you've raised $50,000. And it's like, well, that's that sounds a bit crazy. And um, so we, um, with a friend, you know, also with you know, another friend of mine, uh, Kate, who actually, we've had this chat as well, who's into film, uh, where, where we actually met Christopher, funnily enough, your son. Yes, through, which is a funny, <laughs> another funny story. Which film, we should radio, tell and television time. school. Yeah, yeah, so she yeah. was like, "Oh, let, let's let's start a little campaign. I'll help you. Let's put a little video together that we could do, and you know, put it out there and see if we can potentially raise mm. some money." So we did a little video, and you know, we just sort of put it on social media, and and without, I kid you not, within about two or three days, we had exceeded. 140 people and I think we pretty much raised over $70,000 oh in like in within a week and it was just mind-blowing. That is um, The support that people just jumped on board and were like, we want to help, we want to help, we want to do whatever we can. So we, you know, we were just so fortunate and so lucky that, you know, that we had this support of friends um, and then just raised this pool of money um, that just really gave Lexi the best sort of start in life. And, and we explored um, all different sort of ideas that we could do. And um, we ended up, uh, one of the things we ended up doing, which we don't talk about very much, but we ended up going to, um, to Panama and doing stem cell for Lexi in her, which is, okay. like we talk about it now. And we, um, we uh, yeah, she was like one and a half and, we don't. We really explored it, and we don't, we were unsure about whether to try. But we we tried to do as much research as we can, and we found a place in Panama that was, you know, world renowned, and and we ended up going. So tell us what that involves, uh, Dino. For those who don't know, so stem cells. Yeah. So they have uh, donated umbilical cords, which they um, which they draw out the, um, you know, they they draw out the stem cells from the umbilical cord. Um, and you know, so they pretty much, uh, when we go there, it's a, it's a five day process where they essentially on day one, we, they, uh, extract some blood from, from Lexi. And then over the course of five days, they put her blood back in, but this time with, um, with added stem cell in it. And there's probably over a million different, a million stem cells that go in each, each day into Lexi, um, and so that was a, a five-day process that we did, and you know, it's the hard part was, I suppose we we it's hard to sort of define today how well that really went. You know, it's um, we don't because there was no obvious, there was no obvious example. There was no because she was so young. You know, it's it's not like. It's defined. It's so clearly defined on just how well that did. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But look, we don't regret it for a minute. And she really thrived after we did that because we did a process where we did the stem cell. Then we came back to Melbourne. Then we did a three weeks intensive hyperbaric chamber um, 
uh, intensive straight after that to try to, because the idea would be that you do the stem cell and then you do the hyperbaric chamber, which would really push all of those cells into Lexi's bloodstream and, you know, the oxygen levels would really build up. So then we pretty much <laughs> came from a whirlwind trip to to Panama to come straight home to then be every day spending two hours in a hyperbaric chamber um, for three weeks straight after that to then to then I think that's when we um, discovered Napa as well. So there's probably a lot of your, a lot of the listeners who would know Napa, um, which is a neurological and physical uh, habilitation. Um, center, which mm-hmm. is now opened up in Australia finally, mm-hmm. um, and they're just imagine just amazing uh, team of people that OTs and physios and things that do just really amazing work with rehab and um, yeah those sort of things. So it was just you know it would, look we were just so fortunate that we had those opportunities to do these sort of intensives, you know, and learning about plasticity and you know how you know that tackling everything as young you know while she's so young why that you know there was why her brain can still be rewiring itself you know we just wanted to do every possible thing but you know but we knew some of our methods were going to be controversial so we were you know we a lot of that was pretty private, you know, and um, you know, there's well, probably thank you a lot for sharing it with us. Oh, then, I think I think honestly. it's important. Yeah. And look and the other thing is we talk about it now, it's like if we had the opportunity to do it again, we'll be do it again. And I think and I think we would say absolutely, you know, and Well, you know, you know what we're hearing here? We're hearing two parents who out of their love for their child will do whatever it takes to give her the best chance or him the best chance possible. Mm. And the minute you you know, begin describing a particular pathway, somebody will have an opinion about sure. whether that's a good idea or not, and that's okay, but this mm. is your story and yeah. we are hearing your story and, you know, it, I appreciate the courage and the honesty that you would share yeah, things that you. perhaps at the time were things you kept to yourself and yeah. uh, so thank you for that. Yeah, so they were, they were pretty big moments and, you know, but... It was just, you know, but then it's amazing how quickly, you know, you think you've raised $70,000, you think you've, you're set for life now, but that's quick, how quickly yeah. that is all gone. And, you know, and you're only still, she's only one and a half and you've still got so much more to do. And, and in you, intensive therapies, the idea is that you keep doing them. You know, you can't, it's not a matter of, you do it once and then that's it, it's done. You can tick that off your box and that's all over. It's like, well, no, well, that's just one part and then you've got to, you know, try to do that as often as you can. And I know with with Napa, you know, back then, you know, you know I mean, Claire was one of the um, original um, sort of, not founder, but one of the original uh, group of people that actually brought them to Australia because she mm-hmm. found, you know, she done with, done a bit of research and found them in the states and were doing great work and they were doing sort of i think they came to singapore and then you know she contacted them about you know can we do it can we you know can we bring it to melbourne and you know then they said well if you can find another team of families you know organize that and we'll bring a team and fly them over from the states and um you know do those but you know that was super expensive back then and it's all you know from your as i say before from your own bat so yeah, oh, man. But, so so let's fast forward a little bit to to 
not to today, but so then after, you know, those first couple of years of intensive trying everything that's possible, how, how has the story been with, uh, you know, kinder and school and that kind of thing? How's Lexi yeah. doing? So Lexi's doing really well. So in terms of she goes to mainstream school, so that's been the other sort of uh, questions that we always had was, you know, do yeah. we do we send her to mainstream school or does she try to, or was she going to a, a special a special needs school? But, you know, Lexi's very bright. Um, she's a very smart girl. So her intellectual, you know, capacity is really great. So, you know, that's never sort of stopped her. It's just her body won't do what it, what it wants her to do. So, you know, so we we introduced her to, to kinder and and then you know to a mainstream school you know close to home, which was great. And you know, through the aid of you know, she has a Dynavox that she can communicate through. By yes. she is she is yes. she is verbal. Um, she's quite verbal. You know, it's it not you know fluent. You know, it does. You know, similar to what Christopher is. You know, it does take a lot of patience. People just have to be patient for her to get out what she wants to get out um so you know she's still quite verbal um so she can communicate still quite well with her voice but through that and then the aid of her Dynavox as well is essentially how she communicates and then yeah so between that and you know just setting up you know you know setting up the team at school with her with her aid and we've been very lucky as well that the aid that we had from kinder has essentially been Lexi's main aide at school all the way through and she's in grade three now so we've had the same you know the same um, main aide with her for the last five years which has been great so she's grown up with Lexi as well so that's that's, so good to hear yeah so that makes a big difference oh doesn't it yeah Mm. listen I wanted to ask you about you for a moment Um, you know let's talk about being a dad here we are, dad to dad, talking about dads. Yes. Um, <laughs> and of course, us blokes—we're all different, as 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 you are, you know. And therefore, we each have our own individual, unique window on this. Um, you said earlier on that uh, became becoming a dad at last. So I guess this was something that you always wanted to do—to be a dad. And just reflect for a minute on what being a dad. Uh, you know, you've got Summer there too, and we're not trying to say that she's not part of the mix because obviously she is. But being Lexi's dad, you know, what's that? What's that like for you? Yeah, um, you know, it's it's. I think my role is sort of being the father to Lexi. You know, for me mainly, it's you know, I my goal is to just make her life as accessible as possible, and and. I never want her to miss out on anything. So, you know, I end up becoming Lexi in terms of, you know, if we go out and, you know, especially a lot of the younger years when, you know, you'd go to a kid's birthday party and things like that and there's always a playground and there's, you know, there's all the other kids are running onto the playground and, and you know, Lexi really wants to join in. So then you become Lexi in terms of, you know, while all the other parents are out there, you know, socialising and chatting, you know, you become You're that person. On the field, yeah, aren't you? I'm the one. Yeah, that's yeah, the one. I'm on the trampolines. I'm yes. crawling through all of these <laughs> tunnels, and I'm, you know, sweaty, and it's like I'm getting yes. stuck. And first of all, yes. 
you know, I'm, I'm the one contending and trying to explain to all these other kids and like, why are you on here? Why are you on this playground? You're a big person. You shouldn't be on this playground. It's like, it's like, just move over, buddy. I'm coming through. Don't you stand in my way. The two of us are coming through. So, you know, I, I find my role that, you know, I just try to make, you know, I just want, you know, I just, just want to make her life as happy as I possibly can. So, you know, I, you know, I, I find that, you know, I become a little bit more of the sort of the hands-on in terms of the lifting and a lot more of the harder sort of work process that, you know, of you know, just carrying her through things and um, those sort of things. So it's, yeah, I just, yeah, just wanted to make sure that she could do everything possible and just... And- and nothing will stop you from no. being there with her. Yeah, absolutely not. And it gets you know now that she's nine, you know that it's. I mean that realization now that it's getting harder and harder, and she gets heavier and heavier. And mm. you know, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. Now you know it's like nearly to you know turning fifty next year, which is also yeah, a bit daunting. And it's like, bloke. yeah, <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> you know, it's, so it's. It's you know, a real thing, though. I don't mean to joke about it because you're right. As we age as parents, that that's a factor in the in the whole dynamic. Absolutely. Exactly. So um, yeah. So that that's you know the next part of the journey. I think is is how to adapt. So yeah. So you know. So we we definitely play completely. You know. I think our roles are all. I mean, why we the same role is that we both love and care for our daughters. You know, equally as much. You know. I think. The roles we play, you know, are always a little bit sort of different, and you know, so you know, yeah. And and speaking as a partner, also, I mean, sometimes these kinds of additional challenges in a family can put or have have an impact on the relationship. Oh, absolutely. Uh, how, how's how's that for you? Yeah, look, it, it's so challenge. It can be so challenging, and it and I would be lying if I was here to say it hasn't. You know put strains on our relationship over the course of over the years but you know i think we we tend to find a way and you know i think i'm probably very similar to probably a lot of men who are not very good at opening up and communicating as well as you know as i'm not sure that i'd can. say that Dino, oh, really? but anyway go on <laughs> well you know. that's not from my point of view that's not what i would have said <laughs> no okay well, I've, I've always not been the great communicator i think at a lot of times and um I, you know, I probably don't talk as I, I probably don't share my emotions as much as I probably should. So me opening up, you know, I think is um is something that I've kind of, you know, probably still dealing with now, you know, and that's probably the key to our sort of uh, our longevity is is just, you know, is I've got to learn to sort of, you know, open up and sort of communicate a lot better than probably where I probably have been over the years, but. You know, we we get there, and you know, we're in a good spot now, which is good. And um, we're a team. That's the other thing. You know, we, you know, yeah. we we need to stick together as a team because it's 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 you know, for us, it's the teamwork that we both do that really helps. And as um, you said earlier, you're a team of four, really, aren't you? Well, that's right, exactly. So yeah, yeah. so 
Listen, Dino, one of the things that I don't like about these conversations is how quickly they go by and we run out of time. Um, oh, you would, you, would it be all right with you if we check back in with you sometime in a little while and see how things are going for you? Because there's so much more we could talk about. But as a snapshot, mate, you have really – this has been wonderful. Oh, Thank good. you so much. Yeah, well, I can't believe we've already 45 minutes in. I feel like we have Yeah, a little bit more than that. Chatted yeah. about really And that's things. okay. Look, there's no rules. It's just that, you know, I think we try to keep the, the time similar each episode so that people who go for their walk or who have their break, they know that they can fit the conversation in. So we, we try to honour that. But there's no pretense that this is the whole story a, at all. No, no. Um, it's a snapshot. No. And yeah. it's been it's been just uh, wonderful. So, yeah. would you could we talk again sometime? Yeah, look, I'd love to. Like, you know, I think about things as well. Like, um, you know, what support men kind of have in this sort of in in the experiences that we go through. And you yeah. know, I'd really love to sort of talk about you know what what it is that men can potentially do. Um, and well, what you know sort what? of avenues? I've got, I've got something I want to ask you about after we stop recording. Because right. so so, watch this space. Sure, uh, peas and beans. There may be some more to come here. I think you're exactly right, Dino. And um, you know, there are some things there we might be able to explore. Thank you, Dino. We, on behalf of all the green vegetables and, uh, and others who are listening, thank you so much for your time. Uh, no worries. I'm, as I said, I'm very humbled to have been asked because the group of people who are on this are just all amazing people and we're all rock stars, really. And um, it's just, you know. Yeah, just, you're one just of us. So, oh, I'm just so proud to be uh, just a small sort of part in all of this anyway and um, along with everyone else who we all deserve the credit i think so no i'm honored to have been asked good on you mate great thank you deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.